Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. You know we're talking about dating today, and most people are going about dating all wrong. Have you ever felt like you attract all the wrong people in your dating life? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you aren't attracting all the wrong people. You're picking them. I know that sounds crazy. And this was such a hard lesson for me too, but you see the red flags early on and you choose to ignore them. The married guy asks for your number and you choose to give it to him and open that door. Your date lies to you about where they were or why they didn't call and you let them get away with it. This is how we pick people that aren't good for us. The common denominator in all of my failed relationships was me. It wasn't everyone else's fault. I was broken, so I picked broken people and made all the bad choices to end up in all the bad relationships. That's what I'm saying. Most people are going about dating all wrong. Like in so many other areas of life, right? You're going into it seeking external validation. What do I mean by that? I mean like you're thinking in terms of making them like you instead of focusing on do you like them. When your energy shifts into trying to make yourself a good fit for someone else, you lose sight of whether or not they're a good fit for you. You ignore the red flags, accept behaviors that really aren't okay with you. Then you find yourself in a situation where you aren't being respected or valued and you wonder how you got there. Maybe you feel like you're a good catch on paper, job, car, attractive, nice, funny, and you keep showing up for dates, trying to keep hope alive, only to feel disappointed over and over again when a date doesn't go well, or you don't hear from them again, or maybe it goes well for a while, then two or three months in, you start to see the truth of the situation, and it's not what you thought it was. And the more disappointed you feel, the more negativity starts to creep in. You question yourself. You question the whole dating pool. You start wondering if it's even worth it. And then you start getting mad, right? That's the next phase, getting mad. You get angry at women or angry at men because you can't seem to make a successful match or find your person and live happily ever after. Whatever your happily ever after looks like. Dating is hard, even under the best of circumstances. Then add sobriety and anxiety into the mix and throw in those of us who are introverts and commitment phobes, and we've got a bit of a mess on our hands. Today, I'm going to give you six secrets you need to know to drastically improve your dating life. And I want to start by talking about the idea of not dating in your first year of sobriety. Really, the thing is, don't make any major changes in your first year of sobriety. And I would say this isn't just about sobriety, right? This is any emotional upset. 
if you unexpectedly lose your job, right? That does not leave you in a stable emotional space. You start questioning, you got a lot of fear, fear of the future, fear of your finances, is everything gonna be okay? What am I gonna do? What's this gonna look like? Or grieving is another one. If you lose someone and you're in that grieving process, that is not the time to be making major life choices, right? So it's not just about not dating in your first year. It's really about not making any major changes in your first year. And the reason for that is you're just trying to create stability in your first year of sobriety, right? Everything's new. Everything's a little bit off. All of your energy really should be going into just staying sober and getting good at that. You don't want things pulling you a lot of different directions or things creating a lot of stress and anxiety and questioning and really pushing those low self-esteem buttons and codependence buttons and people-pleasing buttons. You just want to be stable in your first year and just get good at getting stable. So that's why we say don't date in your first year of sobriety. You're just not in a great emotional space. Most of us, when we get sober, we have a mess to clean up, right? We've created a mess, whether that is a strained marriage, strained friendships from our behaviors. Some of us have legal problems when we get sober. Some people have job problems or they've created some financial mess, right? Overspending, running up credit cards, things like that. So we have a mess to clean up. And that's where your focus needs to be. Your focus doesn't need to be on dating. Just clean up your mess and get stable and get good at just being sober, right? Otherwise, we're making choices for all the wrong reasons. So let's also get into just really quickly expectations. I want to start with expectations because you have to you have to have your expectations in order before you go into this, right? You have to manage your expectations. The majority of your dating experiences aren't going to work out. They're not supposed to. Otherwise, we would all be picking from 100 people to have relationships with. Like it just doesn't work that way. Dating, going on dates is your way. It's screening, right? If they're figuring out if you're a good fit, you're figuring out if they're a good fit. And you have that screening process is what you have to get good at, right? But the majority of your dating experiences aren't going to work out. That's okay. And you have to be willing to walk away from people. If you are going into dating and you are desperate and thirsty and you're willing to do anything for anyone just to be liked, you have no business dating. I did this for a long time. I let people treat me poorly and I accepted it, which just led to being treated worse and worse because I didn't have any boundaries. I was so desperate to be liked that I would accept any crappy behavior. I had no self-worth, so I got my worth from other people. If they liked me, then I was worthy. This is what I don't want you to do, right? So if you catch yourself being so consumed with being liked, then you've got work to do, right? It's not about them liking you. That's a small piece of it. But when you're in a dating situation, you should really be analyzing, are they the right fit for you? Does this person fit my lifestyle? Does this person have the qualities and characteristics and traits that are important to me? Do we approach life the same way? Do our future goals align? 
Are they honest? Do they live with integrity? Right? Whatever the things are that are important to you, that's what you're dating for, to figure out if they fit for you. Not just, oh my God, I need to be liked. I hope they like me. I hope they want me. Right? Like You have to get those expectations in order and what you're really sitting there doing. Most of your situations are not going to work out. That's okay. You're looking at them. Listen, think about all the hangups we have as human beings and how many reasons we sort of take people off the list. Okay. This is crazy because I'll hear my girlfriends do this. Like my girlfriends want to have their feelings hurt when somebody doesn't respond to them or, you know, stops texting them or they go on a first date and they don't hear from the person and they want to get their feelings hurt. But at the same time, they're sitting there running down the list of all the reasons why they didn't like the other person. I'm like, well, why is it okay for you to have a bunch of reasons that you don't like them, but it's not okay for them to have a bunch of reasons they don't like you? (laughs) This works both ways. You know, some people are just, you're not going to be their cup of tea. That's okay. Listen, for me, maybe I'm too old. Maybe I'm too short. Maybe my lips are too thin. Maybe, who knows? Everybody has their hangups. For some people, it's teeth. For some people, it's fashion. For some people, it's cars or money or jobs. Everybody has their own hangups. And everybody's allowed to have their own things. It's okay, but understand as you have your things, while you're crossing people off the list, they have their things too. And sometimes you're going to get crossed off the list and that's okay. Another quick expectation I want to touch on is, listen, you guys, men and women are different. We're just different. Our core instincts are different. How we approach life is different. How we perceive information and respond and react is different. Don't be mad at each other for that. It's okay that we're different. The key is to learn really how to understand each other so we can do it better and not be resentful. You know, you hear all these generalizations of women do this, men do this, men only want one thing, and women, whatever women do, I don't know, I don't date women. But you can't have these overgeneralizations and be mad about it. Just understand Men and women are different. I would imagine in same-sex relationships, this creates its own set of issues. But don't be mad because we're different. Understand one another. Be patient. Give each other some grace. Because I promise you, I just had a friend texting me the other day like, what's wrong with women? And I was like, listen, dude, this isn't about women. You're a mess. Like, stop blaming women. Get your shit together. This is a good indicator of your emotional maturity. When you are an emotionally mature person, you understand we are all a mess. Everybody's a mess. Everybody has their own hangups. Everybody is coming to the table with their own baggage. And everybody is perfectly allowed to be in their journey where they are. Nobody is required to be where you want them to be or to behave how you want them to behave. Leave each other alone. (laughs) Don't get so mad at each other. We are just different. And understand that going in and stop being mad about it. Just understand it so that you can communicate better and interact better with each other. Okay, let's get into these six secrets that you really need to know. All right. The first thing I want to start with is communication. If you can't communicate on the most basic level, don't date. This creates tons of mixed messages. 
It creates tons of questions and curiosities. If you can't talk about things, then you shouldn't be doing them. And I mean from the most simple things like messaging on a dating app. I don't have a ton of experience with dating apps because I found the experience to be really unpleasant, but I've done it a couple of times over the years. I never last more than a few days, maybe a week. I think I think I was on one for a week once, but I just, I can't handle it. But I remember being in these situations where a guy would message me on the dating app and it would be like pulling teeth trying to have a basic conversation. You know, I'd be like, oh, what do you do? And like, I'd get a one word answer. And I'm like, dude, where can I go with that? <laughs> you know, like that's how you shut down a conversation. It's not how you start a conversation or get to know each other. If you can't communicate on the most basic level, that's where your work needs to start. It's hard. We all have anxiety, right? But you can Google that. Like, what are great questions to ask when I'm messaging somebody on a dating app? Like, Google that stuff. You're not expected to have all the answers, but you can find the answers. This is the same thing with everything else in relationships or dating. You have to be able to ask questions, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it feels a little embarrassing. You have to be able to communicate through things. Or even with sex, if you can't talk about it, you shouldn't be doing it. If you can't have an adult, emotionally mature conversation about what your expectations are or what are we going to do for protection, if you can't have those conversations comfortably, then you shouldn't be having the sex either. So think about this. If you can't communicate, that's where your work has to start. Okay? The next one, what are your motives? Know what your motives are. When you're dating, are you dating for marriage? Are you dating to be in a relationship? Are you dating for sex, companionship? Are you open to whatever? You have to be clear on what you want because if you're not clear on it, you can't communicate it to the other person. And a relationship and marriage aren't the same thing, right? Not everybody wants to get married. I have never been a person that wanted to get married. I'm not 100% against it. If I met someone and it was super important to them and the, the sanctity of marriage was super important to them, of course I'd be open to that conversation. But it's not necessarily my desire. I don't think it's necessary. But I do appreciate a monogamous relationship, right? That would be my desire. So relationship and marriage aren't the same thing. But just like I communicated that to you, you have to be able to communicate that to your person, right? If you're going out with somebody and you've been on a few dates and you start getting into, well, like really, what is your motive in dating? Like, are you just having fun and wasting time, just not being bored? Or do you actually want to create a life with someone and do things together and have an amazing thing? Or do you just want to hook up? You have to be clear on what your motive is so that you can clearly communicate that to other people. It's okay to just want to hook up. That's fine. Nobody cares. When people care is when your words and your actions don't match. And here's what I mean by this, because this is where things go very, very wrong. If you say, I want something casual, 
I don't want a relationship. If you say those words, then your actions need to back that up. What happens is somebody will say, I don't want a relationship. And then they want to text you every day and they want to hang out and they want to go to dinner and go to movies and hang out at your house together, right? Those are relationship behaviors. It's okay to want something casual, but if you want something casual, your behavior needs to match that. Don't, don't tell somebody, I don't want a relationship and then be sending the good morning text, right? Or just thinking about you. You know what I mean? Those are relationship behaviors. So you have to match your behavior to what your motive is so that you don't create mixed messages. I've been in this situation a million times where I was somebody, oh, I don't want a relationship. I don't want a relationship. But then again, like I'm getting all the text messages. Good morning, beautiful. Just thinking about you. Hope you have a great day. Hey, how's your day going? Hey, just going to sleep, was thinking about you, talk to you tomorrow, right? Those aren't casual behaviors. So make sure your behavior is matching your words so everybody's not confused. And that goes with also, let's say maybe the first several weeks, I mean, you kind of have to know what your own boundaries are. We're gonna talk about that in a second. But things can change too. This is fluid. But if you don't know what your motive is with somebody, then you have to say that. Then that's when you say, you know, I'm open to whatever. I'm not really set on I want a relationship or I don't want a relationship. I'm getting to know people. When I find the right person that really adds value to my life and it's a good fit, I'm open to a relationship. But it's not my intention. I'm just hanging out. I'm enjoying myself, whatever. And then your behaviors have to match those words. Okay, this one, I'm going to give you some action steps. Okay, I want you to do this. This is action, right? What do you want in a person? And I'll tell you, when I did this myself, I got a lot of clarity from this. And it was surprising and a little disappointing, to be honest. I was disappointed in myself. But I sat down, you've probably heard me talk before if you've followed me for any period of time. Uh, you've probably heard me talk about my relationship rock bottom. I was four years sober and found myself in a really crappy situation with a guy that was just a very unhealthy, toxic person. And he actually showed up at the bar where I worked with his girlfriend, right? Which I thought I was, but come to find out he had this whole other person, this whole other life, and he was a real estate developer. So his condo where I would go and hang out was just one condo that he had access to. And apparently he lived with this other woman in a whole other place and they had been together a couple of years. So obviously I was devastated and I had to really look at myself, like, what the hell am I doing? Like, how did I pick this guy, right? This is the same type of guy I picked 20 years of dating. I picked the same exact type of guy over and over and over again. And this is where I ended up, but I was four years sober. I was like, what the hell are you doing, lady? Like, this is ridiculous. You're sober. You're rebuilding your life. You're kicking ass and doing all these great things. Like, why are you still picking losers? So I sat down and I made a list of all the qualities I want in my dream guy. Everything. I'll post a picture of this in the Facebook group. I'll see if I can find it and I'll post mine because I still have it. And then I actually went on the computer and made it colorful because I use it in my teachings, right? So I wanted to be able to share it. So I'll post it in the Facebook group. Remind me if you're in there. But anyway, I made the list, everything I wanted in my dream guy. As I went down the list, I realized I 
was none of those things. And it's like, how do I expect somebody else to bring all this to the table if I'm not bringing it to the table? In that moment, my goal became to become everything on that list. I realized as I read down the list of qualities of what I wanted in my dream man, I realized that I was none of those things and I had a lot of work to do. So I had another time that I stopped dating and I just focused on myself because I had to get it together. I can't expect somebody else to be fantastic and have their shit together and make my life so great if I'm coming to the table a hot mess, right? Like that's not fair. That's what this episode really is all about. It's about you getting it together for yourself and you getting clear on what you're doing and who you are and what you need, right? So make the list. What do you want in a dream person? And include everything. Include sexuality and sexual preferences. Include lifestyle and future things and politics and whatever is important to you. Put everything on this list, okay? And then here's your next one, deal breakers. You have to know your deal breakers. So once you make your list of everything you want in your person, I then want you to make a list of deal breakers. You have to be clear on what your deal breakers are before you're dating someone. Because when you start seeing somebody and all those butterflies kick up, there is nothing on the planet that feels better than being liked and liking someone nothing. They call love a drug for a reason. There is no better feeling than that. So you have to be clear (laughs) before you're feeling all those things, because that's when you ignore the red flags. When all those butterflies are kicking up and you're on top of the world and your person is texting you, thinking about you, right? (laughs) When all that is happening, that's when you ignore red flags. So you've got to be clear on your deal breakers before you're in the midst of feeling all those things. All right. So after you make your list of qualities you want in a person, I want you to make a list of your deal breakers. It could be anything, literally anything. Do not ever feel bad for whatever your deal breakers are. You are allowed to have your own preferences and you are allowed to want what you want. You just have to communicate it clearly and don't be disrespectful and judgy, right? There's a difference there. Some of the things on my deal breakers list, addiction, of course, like I'm not dating somebody in active addiction. That would never happen. Lying, absolute deal breaker for me. Um, Smoking. I do not want to date somebody who smokes. I smoked for a long time. I haven't smoked for a long time. It does not fit my lifestyle. I have a very health and wellness based lifestyle. Cigarettes do not fit in that. I don't care if someone smokes. I don't think people who smoke are bad. Again, there's no judgment there. That's just not what I want in my life. I don't want to come out of the restaurant and have to stop while somebody smokes a cigarette before we get in the car. I don't want to smell like that. I don't, right? It just doesn't fit my lifestyle. So make your list of deal breakers, whatever they are. You can have whatever you want on that list, but be clear before you get caught up in the butterflies. The next one is what are your boundaries? You have to know, like sometimes in dating, people talk about these things as rules. I have some pretty strict rules. I really do. 
because I have to a lot for myself. It's not only about the other person, but it's a lot for myself because I'm an addict also, right? So I can get very caught up. I can obsess about things. I love being liked too. I love liking somebody like that just lights my soul up. So I have to have very clear boundaries for myself and how I behave. And I have to have very clear boundaries for other people too. So what are your boundaries? Are you okay with last minute dates? Are you okay with texting or do you want somebody to actually call you? Again, either way is okay. You're allowed to want whatever you want. You just have to know what you want so that you can clearly communicate it. I dated a guy several years ago, probably, I think we dated about four or five weeks maybe. I don't think we had one single phone call the whole time. Now, I don't think I would do that again, right? Because now looking back, I feel like that was probably a red flag, right? That he didn't call me. I'm also older. This is a generational thing too. I'm also older. So I'm used to dating a little differently than how young people date today and what the parameters of dating are today. For me, I'm a little bit different. I'm pretty old fashioned when it comes to dating. I like old fashioned sort of courtship. That's what feels appropriate for me. And I believe that's what builds a natural respect and true value and desire in a relationship, right? Like really taking your time and, and that's, what's important to me. And I can communicate that with no problem. Those are my expectations and those are my boundaries. So what are yours? Are you okay with last minute dates? Are you okay with the majority of texting or do you want somebody to actually call you? Do you want to be picked up or do you want to meet them where you're going? This is different. Obviously I think for women, you know, I will, I'm not getting in a car with a man, certainly a man. I don't know. It will never happen. So there's going to be a period of time just to create some safety before I would want somebody to pick me up. But everybody's different on that stuff, right? That's about my trauma. That's not about anybody else or anything other than my own trauma. But you have to know what you want and what's okay for you, what's comfortable for you. So do you want to be picked up? Do you want to meet there? Do you want somebody to plan the dates or do you want to do it together? I know some people, I know a lot of women really love it when a man calls and is like, hey, are you available this weekend, Saturday night? Are you available? I thought we'd go do X, Y, Z. For a woman, it makes you feel cared for. It makes you feel like they're thinking about you and they actually care, right? So is that something you want? Or do you want it to be open or do you want it to be spontaneous? Again, you have to figure out what works for you. What about kissing on the first date? What are your boundaries around that? I am not a kiss on the first date person. I think I might be the only person I know that feels that way. <laughs> but again, for me, it's about building some safety, right? I don't like feeling like people are too into me physically from the beginning. Like I understand there is a physical attraction when it's there. I get that. But I don't want that to be front and center because that's what I've dealt with a lot of my life, right? A lot of my dating life, it's like people don't want to date me. They want to sleep with me. And I don't like getting that vibe right from the beginning because that's not the most important thing in a relationship to me. So I don't kiss on the first date. I need to feel comfortable. I need to feel a little bit of safety. I don't want to feel like things are moving too fast. So how do you feel about kissing on the first date? And listen, I will have that conversation over dinner on the first date. 
I will let that be known because I also don't want the other person to, to, I don't want mixed messages. I don't want them to feel like that's a rejection or it's about them, right? That's just my personal thing. So I will have that conversation like, hey, listen, this could go fantastic. I just want you to know I'm not super comfortable with a kiss on the first date. I need a little more time than that. So don't feel like I don't like you or this didn't go well if that doesn't happen as we're wrapping things up, right? That's just my thing. So how do you feel about kissing on the first date or sleeping together on the first date? What about who pays? What are your boundaries there? Are you somebody that wants to go Dutch 50-50? You pay, he pays. Is it important to you to pay for yourself or is it important to you that your date pays for you, right? And some of these, as I'm talking them through, obviously I'm a female and I date men. So it's going to be skewed that way because that's how I've always thought about it as a woman dating men. What about ghosting? We've all been ghosted. Are you okay with, or at what point is it not okay to be ghosted? Like I believe, I don't really care after a first date if somebody ghosts me, like who cares? You don't owe each other anything at that point. You've probably shared a couple hours together, maybe some texts and phone calls, but we don't owe each other anything. We're not getting deep into life and vulnerability, you know, in that very beginning phase. So I don't really care if somebody ghosts me early on. But I will say if we've gone on three or four dates over two to three weeks, then I expect a conversation. It's okay if you don't want to see me anymore, but I expect a mature adult conversation about that. I don't expect to be ghosted. Like we're not 15, right? Ghosting is, it has its own implications and it's not a very brave behavior, right? Obviously, people do it. It's more acceptable now. It's not acceptable in my world. So yeah, if we've gone out several times, I'll have that conversation too and just say, hey, listen, I get it. If you decide you don't want to move forward, we're not a good fit. I'm totally cool with that. But I would appreciate the respect of a conversation about it. Like, let me know. Don't just vanish, right? And leave me like wondering what the heck happened. Did I do something? Did I say something? Like, just let me know that you're done with this. I'm good with that. What about lying? This is when I told you lying is on my deal breakers list. And that's because it's something that for me, I have accepted in past relationships and it's really a huge red flag. And I'm not necessarily talking about little tiny white lies, like especially in the beginning, you're nervous, you want to make a good impression, like little tiny dumb lies. They are unnecessary, but they definitely happen. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about like somebody doesn't call you for two or three days and they tell you they were in one place, but you know they were in another, right? Like really lying. That level of dishonesty, there are a lot of layers in that. And if you're doing that, then again, that's where your work needs to start, right? Stop dating, stop hurting other people and get your shit together. But if you're doing it, stop it. You need to work on that. But also if you're accepting that behavior from another person, that's where your work needs to start, right? You have to get some healthy boundaries and protect yourself. And lying is one of the first red flags that we will overlook in a relationship, right? And what are your boundaries about how much you share on a first or second date? 
You know, I've definitely been out with people on a first or second date that it's like this word vomit, right? Like they're giving me everything. And sometimes people will mistake word vomit for vulnerability. Well, I'm just telling you exactly who I am. You know, the truth is in your first couple of dates, it really shouldn't be that serious. It really should be fun, flirty, banter, enjoying each other, asking curious questions. How many siblings do you have? Where's your favorite vacation spot? What, what do you want your life to look like in five years? You know, what's your idea of a perfect date? Like your first date or two should just be that simple surface level stuff, just enjoying yourself. What are you comfortable with? What are you not comfortable with? Are you comfortable steering the conversation a different way? If it's too much, is that a turnoff for you? Is that a red flag for you? Again, get clear on what your boundaries are or your rules, so to speak, and recognizing some red flags. And something I want to talk about really quickly on boundaries is, and I did a whole episode about this, what boundaries tell others about you or something. I think that was the title. If you don't have good boundaries for yourself to protect yourself, what that tells other people is you're not protecting yourself. And if you don't protect you, they don't have to protect you. This is why boundaries are so important. When I would sit across the table and allow someone to lie to me, they knew they were lying to me. I knew they were lying to me. They knew I knew, and I let it happen. What message that sent to them is that it's okay to lie to me. I'm not going to protect me, so why should they protect me? You see what I'm saying? If you don't have self-respect, you can't expect other people to respect you. That's why boundaries are important. That's why it's important to understand them, get good at them, and keep practicing them. Okay, the last one is invest. Invest your time and energy into being better. Like I said, when I made my list of qualities I wanted in someone else, I realized I was none of those things. My sole focus became working on all of those things. And it was success and stability self-esteem. There were a lot of things on there, right? That I had to do a lot of work on, but invest your time and energy. That is also when I started studying relationships. Relationships are the other thing I study incessantly, addiction and relationships, right? Because it all requires personal development and becoming a better person, being a better person in the world, being a better person to other people. Like that's all the stuff that I love. And I am my responsibility. You are your responsibility. It's not anybody else's job to do these things for you. This is your work and you have to invest your time and energy learning how to communicate. That was a big one for me, just emotional maturity. That was on my list of my dream partner. And that was something I had to work on. So I had to get in Google, YouTube, what is emotional maturity? How do I improve my emotional maturity? Am I emotionally mature? Am I emotionally immature? That's how you start learning about that stuff and identifying those qualities and figuring out how you can work on it. Learn how to communicate. This is so big. Like I said, it was number one. If you can't communicate on the most basic level, you have no business having relationships, right? You have to learn how to communicate. At least part of knowing how to communicate is knowing when to ask for space or ask for a break. 
it's okay if you need to walk away from a tense conversation because you're feeling overwhelmed or you don't know what to say, you're getting flustered. It's okay to need to hit the pause button, but you have to be able to communicate that to your partner. Hey, this is getting heated. I need to take a few minutes. Like I just need a breather. It's okay, but you have to be able to communicate that. Invest your time and energy working on the skills you're not good at. Learn how to listen. Learn about boundaries. Learn the art of conversation. Like I was talking about in the dating apps and guys responding with one word answers. Like, dude, I'm pulling teeth to have the most basic conversation. Like that's not enjoyable, you know? So learn the art of conversation. Learn the differences between men and women. If you're a man that dates women or a woman that dates men, you need to understand how we differ so it doesn't make you angry, but you can work around it, communicate around it, and still respect each other for our differences. You teach people how to treat you. If you don't even know you, how the heck are you going to teach someone else about you? Let's recap these really quickly before we close. Communication. If you can't communicate, that's where your work needs to start. Uh, what are your motives? You know, what is it that you're looking for? What do you want in a person? Make your list of all the qualities of your dream partner. What, what do those look like? Then make a list of your deal breakers so that you can honor that. Even when the butterflies are going strong, you can still honor your deal breakers because you know what they are. What are your boundaries? And invest. Invest your time and energy and money. If you want to hire a coach, do that. If you want to go to therapy, do that. If you want to take a specialized online course, do that. Whatever you need to do. It doesn't have to cost any money. You can find everything you need online for free. But invest your time and energy into making yourself better. And then you look at the other person across the table from you and figure out if they're the right fit for you. Do they fit your big picture instead of obsessing about being liked by them, right? Remember, you are your top priority. It's your responsibility to have good boundaries, self-awareness, self-control so that you can make good choices for yourself. If you don't respect yourself and know who you are and what you want, you can't expect someone else to respect and honor you. If you found a lot of value from this episode, please share it with somebody else who would get value from it too. Dating is hard. Plenty of us are single. We all have the same struggles. We're all trying to navigate this thing. We all get angry about it. We all feel disappointed by it sometimes, and it can be overwhelming and energy draining, but we're in it together. The key is just to be your best version of you, right? So if you found this stuff valuable, share it with somebody else who's going through some of the same struggles. I hope you're having a fantastic day and I will see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast, candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.